Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. I am so grateful that you are here listening with me at this time when there's a lot of chaos and uncertainty in the world. I'm sure you're feeling it. I most certainly am. But I do know that this chaos that we're feeling will always be here. There's always going to be something happening in the world and we must be prepared and stay in control without letting outside influences impact our results. This is one of the key strategies used by the most successful people in the world. They have all developed sound systems with a clear plan to follow and they don't ever veer off their path. This uncertainty surely has the ability to knock the best of us, even the most productive, off course, without a clearly defined plan in place. My name is Andrea Samadhi, and if you're new here, I'm a former educator who created this podcast to bring the most current neuroscience research, along with high-performing experts who've risen to the top of their field with specific strategies or ideas that you can implement immediately to take your results to the next level. First of all, I want to thank everyone who's followed, supported, and shared this content. With this episode, we're now at over 20,000 downloads, reaching over 110 countries. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to create and share these ideas with such a wide audience. This has been the most powerful learning opportunity I've ever been involved with. And with each expert that we bring on here, we're learning the most current success strategies to help us to all stay on track. Here's what we've covered so far on the podcast so you can see where we started and where we're going. Season one, which was episodes one to 33, introduced the social, emotional, and interpersonal competencies to help parents, educators, and those in the workplace to bridge the noticeable gap with social emotional competencies like growth mindset and responsible decision-making, self-awareness, social awareness, self-regulation, and relationship building. We know that interventions that address these competencies increase students' academic performance by 11% all points compared to students who did not participate in programs of this nature. Students learning these competencies also showed improved classroom behavior, an increased ability to manage stress and depression, and better attitudes about themselves, others, and school. The case is clear that these competencies are important for us to practice whether we're a teacher in the classroom or working with our children from home or even interacting with others in the workplace. Implementing these social-emotional competencies are the first step towards bridging the gap that employers have noticed exists in the workplace today. Season 2, which was episodes 34 to 67, introduced more high-level experts with cognitive strategies from many different fields with a focus on improving learning, focus, attention, goal-setting, planning, perseverance, and problem-solving. These are the core skills that our brain uses to think, read, remember, reason, and pay attention, and each guest explained how they use these skills for improved, consistent, predictable results in their field. Moving into season three now with episodes 68 and onwards, we're diving deeper into these five competencies by connecting them to well-known authors and experts and bringing in a cognitive connection. The more ideas, thoughts, and strategies that we can implement in our day-to-day lives with our brain in mind, the more productive we will be. If we can learn to do everything with our brain in mind, the results will not only show up in our personal, 
or academic and work lives, but we'll be increasing our emotional intelligence at the same time, a skill that will prepare us for future life success. This week, episode number 71 focuses on applying self-regulation, which is everything we do to feel better, with a close look at Dr. Shane Criado's peak sleep performance for athletes. If you've been listening to these episodes and studying brain strategies, you'll know that sleep is not only important for sports performance or for elite athletes, but work and brain performance as well. This episode will continue to make connections for how we can pinpoint an area of our life to improve our results with these new ideas. I first heard Dr. Shane Creato speak on Dr. Amen's Brain Warriors Way podcast And he caught my undivided attention when he said that your brain health and sports performance cannot be optimized unless your sleep is optimized. Once this is achieved, your quality of life will skyrocket. Dr. Amen mentioned that he thinks this is one of the reasons why there's such an increase in mental health issues in the country, because we don't get a good night's sleep and then all areas of our life will suffer. If this sentence didn't catch my attention, I'm not sure what would. I quickly bought Dr. Creato's book and have reached out to him personally to see if we could dive even deeper into his work in person. Stay tuned, he'll be our next interview, but in the meantime, I'll break down the most important concepts from the book that are not just important for me to share with you, but for me to practice as well. All of us will be at different stages of learning and implementation, depending on how long we've been working on these ideas. Sleep has been a topic that I've been learning, measuring, and looking to improve for the past year and a half, and it's not an area I would say I've mastered yet. So join me in learning these tips, and I'd love to know what you think. If you learn anything new, and if you're able to implement any new ideas for new results, I'd love to know. Send me a message on LinkedIn. You can look me up, Andrea Samadhi, or Twitter or Instagram. Let's take a quick look at some facts that build a case for our need to put sleep first. Sleep debt adds up and is non-recoverable, and getting six, four, two, or zero hours of sleep resulted in impairments equivalent to consuming two or three, five or six, seven or eight, or 10 or 11 beers respectively. Even a single all-nighter can reduce your reaction time by more than 300%. Reducing your nighttime sleep by 1.5 hours for just one night could result in a reduction of daytime alertness by as much as 32%. Athletes who slept less than 8 hours a night had 1.7 times greater risk of being injured. 72% of sleepy NBA players are no longer in the major leagues two years later. Sleep loss impacts the frontal lobes, the temporal lobes, the parietal lobes, and the amygdala, impairing judgment, decision-making, and worsens impulsivity, which is risk-taking and moral reasoning. Motivation, focus, memory, and learning are also impacted. Not getting enough sleep causes people to react more emotionally to negative stimuli because their amygdala overreacts. Students with better sleep report higher GPAs and insufficient or poor quality sleep predicts a student's academic performance. We need sleep, not just after we learn something to back it up on your hard drive so you don't forget it, 
but before learning, as we'll need to make sure there's enough space on our hard drive to store it. The parietal lobes associated with spatial awareness, which is critical in sports with visual processing and sense of direction, are impaired with lack of sleep, putting you at risk of poor form, positioning, footwork, and performance. The most shocking statistic that I learned from Dr. Criado is that 60% of people with a traumatic brain injury experience long-term difficulties with sleep and that concussions cause sleep problems. Most people I know involved in athletics have hit their head in some way, and I would never make this connection between brain health and sleep before, especially the fact that sleep optimization is important before an athlete has a concussion to reduce the risk of concussion. Larry Fitzgerald, an NFL player who I used to run into often because our kids were at the same daycare, he said that on game days, that night, I will for sure get 10 or 11 hours. I always get my rest, and I think that's one of the things that people don't talk about often. I could go on and on and make a case for why sleep is so important for athletes, which easily transfers into our daily life. Sam Ramsden, the Director of Player Health and Performance of the Seattle Seahawks, says that sleep is a weapon and that there are countless ways that sleep impacts our health. Todd Woodcroft, the former assistant coach to the Winnipeg Jets, currently the head coach of the Vermont Catamounts from episode 38, was right in line with Ramston's emphasis of the importance of sleep with his players in ice hockey, saying that rest is the single most powerful weapon and that they schedule sleep for their players all the time. It was also interesting for me to speak this morning with Rick Miller. He's from the Oakland A's organization, and he told me even though it's been 30 years since he has played baseball, there's a stark difference from his experience with training. He told me that there was not a push to eat right or sleep well at all. It was the survival of the fittest back then, where they would fit in meals when they could and sleep when their crazy travel schedules allowed them to. He compared it to the way athletes train today and said they had zero access to the coaches that many young athletes have now. Athletes today are bigger, stronger, faster, and are like machines, and they have to be because the competition is fierce. There are 20 people who can do exactly the same things as these athletes, so they need a competitive advantage, a way to step out and set themselves apart from the rest. Athletes today need to work at insanely higher levels than he was used to and live their sport every single day. Sleep is one of the many tools they use to do this. If you want to dive deeper into all the ways that a deficit of sleep impacts health and longevity, I highly recommend buying Dr. Cato's book and following his work. You can find him on Instagram or YouTube at Peak Sleep Performance or his website, www.shanecreato.com. The good news is that we can all modify and improve our sleep routines for improvements that have an immediate impact on our overall health, results, and future. Here's three thought-provoking strategies that we can implement to improve our sleep. Tip one, adopting the mindset of an elite athlete. An elite athlete who's made significant sacrifices with their training schedules and life would most likely never choose sugar, alcohol, or foods that they know are bad for their body the night before a big game. They just know better, 
and we can all learn from the lifestyle and work ethic of an elite athlete to take our results to this next level. Rick Miller reminded me that athletes today are taking this to the next level and they do it on their own. They know what they've got to do and they're sticking to their plan. But not all things were like this 20 years ago when athletes often flew by the seat of their pants. Jeremy Roenick, a former professional ice hockey player, said that he once played 36 holes of golf with basketball legend Michael Jordan, who drank maybe 10 beers and then went on to play for the Chicago Bulls that night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where Jordan put up 44 points to help the Bulls win by 24 points. There's always the exception to the rule, but the research is clear that over the long term, alcohol will impact your sleep, not help it, since it's a depressant to the nervous system and will more likely cause fragmented sleep. It might have worked out okay for Michael Jordan back in those days, but not today with the high level of competition in pro sports. Dr. Criado talked about the fact that reaction time is reduced by 300% with one night of sleep deprivation. And this not only translates over to impact the athlete, but think about the impact on sleep-deprived medical professionals or the fact that there are over 38,000 auto accidents every year in this country. Criado ties in the fact that with one night of sleep deprivation of less than four hours of sleep, it's like drinking four to five alcoholic beverages and is literally the same as if you were drunk. Implement this tip into your daily life and think how you could improve your results by watching what you put into your body even the night before you've got an important presentation. Think about how a good night's sleep a week before something important, modeling the way athletes treat a big sports game, and notice how it can impact our results. We all know this. If we haven't slept well and then we get into the car and drive, we know we're not as focused. When we work on our sleep, all areas of our life will improve. Tip number two, empower change with fear. Understand exactly how sleep impacts the brain. By now, we've all heard that it's bad for our brain to read our phones before we go to sleep because it disrupts our natural circadian rhythm. That's that 24-hour internal clock that runs in the background of your brain defining our sleep and wake cycle, and it keeps us awake. I even heard this go a step further when I heard Dr. Sachin Panda, he's a researcher in circadian rhythm, he talked about the fact that even going to a brightly lit store a few hours before bedtime is a bad idea, since that bright blue light from that LED lighting can negatively impact your sleep. Your circadian rhythm works best when you've developed regular sleep habits, like going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day, including weekends, and limiting your exposure to these bright blue LED lights that can disrupt our biological clock by suppressing the production of melatonin, and that's the hormone that regulates our sleep cycle. Dr. Criado found a trick to encouraging his younger patients to turn off their devices at night by teaching them how their brain works. He taught one young patient that if he was sleep deprived, the hippocampus, which is the area of the brain responsible for new memories and learning, that function of that part of the brain drops by 40%, and that kind of impact could have a detrimental impact on his choice of his career and sport. It could also limit his ability to become physically fit. The young man didn't want his phone used to ruin his future dreams and plans, so he made the habit change needed. I wonder if we could do the same. Let's implement this tip into our daily life. 
Think about how you use your phone before you go to sleep. I can see the strategy that Dr. Kaido used working with younger people, especially students, to maximize their learning, especially if they're studying or trying to get into a certain school or something. When I first started learning about brain health, I remember reading about the importance of shutting off my phone at night to limit the amount of radiation coming from the phone, especially if it was next to my bed, and the importance of using night shift, that feature that produces a dimmer light at night. While the research still remains elusive if cell phones are really bad for us, and that public health data shows no exposure to radio frequency energy from cell phones and health problems, I still take notice when health experts I'm studying talk about the fact that they do not sleep with electronic devices in their room at all. It really made me think when I heard Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof.com, talking about the fact he wears blue light blocking glasses when he's using his technology at night. Tip three, your sleep routine. Create regular wake and out of bed times that are consistent and on a daily basis. Create a bedtime routine that takes into consideration a good bed, mattresses should be replaced every 7 to 10 years, with a room temperature in the mid-60s Fahrenheit or 16 to 19 degrees Celsius, and keep lifestyle choices in mind like avoiding strenuous exercise 4 hours before bedtime and being aware of foods that can disrupt our sleep. Chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Dr. Creato's book are dedicated to sleep performance habits and tips, and I could spend the next couple of days writing about them. Pick one or two habits that you'd like to implement, like choose your going to sleep or wake up time and stick to it. Decide how you'll calm your mind before sleep. Block out all the lights in your room that might be keeping you awake, or get a sleep mask or something to keep the lights blocked. Dr. Criado dedicates chapter 12 to sleep disorder supplements, and it's worthwhile reading up on his sleep promoting strategies and supplements, but we'll dive deeper into that when we interview him live in person. Just to review, there is a clear case that improving our sleep is not only important for sports performance or for elite athletes, but work and brain performance as well. There were 12 powerful statistics that caught my attention when reading Dr. Criado's book, and that 60% of people with traumatic brain injury experience long-term difficulties with sleep, and that concussions cause sleep problems. Knowing how important sleep is for athletes, why wouldn't we all want to improve our sleep for improved performance? With the brain in mind, here are three thought-provoking strategies to think about. Number one, adopting the mindset of an elite athlete. We can all learn from the lifestyle and work ethic of an elite athlete to take our results to the next level. Number two, empower change with fear. Understand exactly how sleep impacts the brain. I'm not sure which one of the many statistics would be enough of an impact on you to change your sleep habits, but once you find it, here's your answer to sticking to the change you wanna create. And number three, your sleep routine. Pick one or two new strategies to implement to improve your sleep and log your results. With time, you should notice an improvement in areas that go far beyond your health and daily results. Let me know if you learned anything new with this episode that dives deep into self-regulation and sleep. I hope that you found something helpful here to create some sort of routine in these times of chaos and uncertainty. I know we all create energy that goes out into the world, and my hopes are that these ideas will keep you moving with positivity. 
everything we're all doing now matters in the larger scheme of things. If we can create a solid framework now, then when more challenge or uncertainty comes our way, we'll be prepared for it. Using these strategies will help you to keep those energy reservoirs high so that when challenge hits you, you'll be able to get back on track with more resilience. Stay well and see you with our next episode. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.